how's it going everybody that was um that was another rough one unfortunately uh kraken pick up their their third loss in a row it's a rough game all the way around i mean score obviously says it 5-1 i mean it there was there's a lot to go over with this one but definitely not kind of the high despite the loss that we experienced after that boston game um there's kind of no way around this one this one was just it was just bad and uh this is not the time of year to to be playing bad <laughs> it's, it's, it's not where they're at uh it's not what we want to be seeing for the kraken but I still think there's some positive takeaways from this one that we can talk about and get to as well as breaking down what went wrong in this one. Uh, thanks everybody for, for joining us here on Emerald city hockey's post game live presented by queen Anne beer hall. Maybe a good place to watch a game like this one today. Just, just throwing that one out there. Um, I don't even entirely know where to start on this one. It was kind of a, in a weird way, it was a boring game. Uh, I felt like the Kraken, they let Grubauer down. The defense wasn't great, but at the same time, on some of these goals, the defense was actually pretty good, despite the fact that the Maple Leafs were able to get a goal off. So uh, we'll get into that later. Uh, obviously, power play, like, be great if they could score every once in a while. Face-offs. Oh, face-offs, man. Like, we cannot win a face-off to save our lives right now, and that's a big, big problem. I don't know. There's... There was there was some serious issues in this one. Be interesting to hear hear from Dave Haxtall when RJ joins us later. What Dave Haxtall had to say about it, because uh, I don't know if you all caught that on the root broadcast, but like he was basically down that tunnel before the last second was gone. Like he wanted out of there. Uh, I don't know that we'll get a lot from him today, but it'll be really interesting if they have you know, I mean what what they're going to do before Tuesday because that's this was not a good performance from them. This was arguably the the most I've ever felt like the Kraken just kind of gave up on a game was I think this game and I know that's saying something after that Sharks game from last, earlier. Oh my gosh, from from 6 days ago. Not some not that oh, that's not great stuff. Not great stuff right now uh from this team. Schultz kicking us off with the faceoffs. Absolutely. Uh, Kraken as a team, faceoff wise tonight, 29%. 29%. That's, I don't know that I've ever seen a team finish a game that low before, like ever. Uh, and, and you look at it, Wenberg, 19%. Yanni Gord, 25%. Maddie, getting it done, 38%. What is happening? What happened on the faceoff dot for this team? I just, I have no idea. They just didn't have it at all tonight. That definitely cost them. Um, there's, there's a lot of things that kind of cost the Kraken in this one. And I look, I get it. Maple Leafs are a good team, just like Boston was a good team, but we played Boston hard. And I didn't feel like that same kind of, it felt like there was a much larger skill gap in this one than that Boston game. I'll, I'll put it that way. Kraken Hawk. This is concerning. We're falling out of the playoffs. We've lost to two of the best teams in the league. Now it's time to win. Teams should be easier from this point out. No more excuses. We need wins. So we do definitely need wins. It, it's 
we're we're approaching like panic time like like we talked about on the deep dive i think it was or at some point like the idea of you know there's all the different levels of panic as far as like do, you know do you do you raise the glass over the panic button is your hand over the panic button glass is definitely up in my opinion i think hands over the panic button i don't think we have to hit it just yet uh kraken they're still four points ahead of calgary for the final wild card spot in addition they have a game in hand so that's still a a decent place to be. Uh, they're not. They're not out of it yet. They still got a game in hand on Edmonton, who's only two points ahead of them. You know, uh, they're only four points behind uh, Los Angeles, who's got uh, who's played two more games than Seattle at this point. So, it's it's still not like a disaster. There's still plenty of time for this to turn around. It's just you know the one thing the Kraken kind of can't do the rest of this season, and what they couldn't do following the All Star break was play sub 500 hockey and that's kind of what we're getting from them right now as in their last 10 they're three six and one that's not going to cut it they like if you are going to find yourself out of the playoffs after the amazing start to the season that the kraken had that's that's how you you find yourself out of the playoffs so um seattle they they need to start getting things going in the right direction i know their schedule is easy the rest of the way but you, you still got to take care of business bottom line got to take care of business and right now it's they're they're really not um braun that was not fun was it more samsonov good or just us bad or unlucky feels like the game drained us i agree with you on the whole like drain comment um once once the game was certainly like 4-1 i didn't feel like the goalie change really did anything to spark the kraken uh they had like that one good sequence where they caught everybody from toronto out there for over two minutes like that was cool towards the end of the second period but th it just did you ever feel like the Kraken were like a legit threat to the Leafs? Not really. Not after, you know, the first couple minutes uh, of the game. And so it's, uh, yeah, it was, I, I agree with you there. Samsonov, he played well. There's no way around that because, especially because I don't think the Leafs defense was that great. I felt like this was more the Kraken. They, they didn't generate a lot of offense. Uh, their their offensive looks, particularly versus looking at what Toronto was trying to do in the offensive zone, night and day. Uh, the Kraken looked like a peewee team or something as far as their strategy and as far as trying to draw things up. We saw the very first goal of the game, the Vince Dunn goal. Incredible play. You got Vince Dunn there all alone in the slot where he can just receive a puck, take the shot, get the goal. Maddie was wide open, back door, like... Like that was an incredible play and sequence for the Kraken to develop that all on the fly like that and and have it work. And it looked so like, wow, like that's some next level offense. That's exactly what this team needs. That'll get them out of their slump. And then later in the game, you're just watching and you've got plays where, you know, Tanev has the puck and both his line mates are just kind of parked net front surrounded by Maple Leaves and there's nowhere for him to go with the puck or uh, that happened to the Gord line as well. Like like there's just there's just times where this team um, they, they just don't look like they're they're trying offensively, but it doesn't look like there's a plan or that there's strategy or that there's systems in place for them to try to take advantage of a, of a Leafs team that was beatable. You beat them for the first goal of the game pretty easily. You just completely like took them out of it. And then the rest of the time it was just like, oh, you know, well, we one of the things we'd been struggling with was net front presence. So let's just throw two players net front. And it's like, well, Okay, let's say the other guy's got the puck. What are you supposed to do with that? You can't you can't 
You know what I mean? Like there's no way to develop an offense around that. Uh, you can't take advantage of that. And then the power plays again, right? If you're, if you're Samsonov, you're just waiting for, for the shot, you know, is coming from the guy over there. Uh, right. Like they're just going to set up the Tolvin in one time, or they're just going to set up the Maddie one time, or like, I, you already know what's going to happen before it's happened. So I, I put the blame more so on the Kraken shoulder on this one than uh, on anything myself. Habak, that was sad and draining to watch. I very much agree with you. <laughs> I very much agree with you. DJ and Tay, another game, same issues. Can't win with this kind of defense. Any goalie gives up three goals when left on an island like Gru was. I agree with you. What's crazy is I actually thought that the Kraken defense played okay tonight. Uh, if you look at, like, the Geo goal is bad. There's, you know, throw that one out. You look at that Tavares goal, okay? Defense did everything right on that. That's just that line is like broken. That line of Ryan O'Reilly, John Tavares, and Willie Nylander is so freaking good that I don't know how anybody's supposed to defend them. But if you watch it, you've got, uh, I believe it's um, Larson has Nylander completely tied up right net front. Vince Dunn's taken away somebody. And you've even got Yanni Gord on John Tavares. Yanni loses him for a second, half a second even. It's not even a full second. Yanni loses him. Tavares just makes a move, kind of turns around. And in the time it takes Yanni to turn around to cover him again, the pass gets through and the puck is there for him. And it was just like, oh. But the Kraken were doing everything right. Both defenders were engaged net front. You've got your center down helping you out against Tavares and Yanni Gord. Like everything, everybody did what they were supposed to do. And the Leafs were just better on that play. And those, that's, it's frustrating, but you can also kind of throw your hands up to it. The problem is that that happened, you know, kind of again later on. I think it was the first Matthews goal where again, everybody was in the right spot. They were all taking away the, the, the appropriate players and you still get a goal but at that, at that point it's 4-1 and the team just never looked like they were they were capable of getting back in it at that point but it's it is one where you know it was far too easy for the Maple Leafs to complete passes to net front get through passes through the slot you look at the little grin goal you know that's a pass that needs to be stopped by somebody it goes through essentially three Kraken players something needs to happen there uh, Larson needs help in the corner sooner like there's there, that was a defensive breakdown. But some of them, what was so frustrating about this game was that some of them, like that Tavares goal, everything was played right. And it still just didn't matter because the Leafs were that good in that moment. And that's that's just a frustrating thing. Hunter holding on to a wild card spot now. Not good. It's still Yes, agreed. It's not good, but there's still hope. It, we're not out of it. There's still plenty of time. Um Lindsay, glad I didn't end up buying tickets to that one. Bit of a snooze fest. I agree with you. It was not like the most entertaining game, and it flew by. I was I, I was clicking go live at 6.30. Two and a half hour game? Like, that's pretty quick. Uh, absurdly saying it felt like they came out with both guns blazing and just fell apart at the seams halfway through the first period. I agree with that assessment. I think they just, I mean, when all of a sudden, thir you know, less than 13 minutes in, you're down 3-1 after the way some of those goals were scored, where you get like the fluky bad one for the first one for Geo, which I guess, welcome back to Seattle Geo. <laughs> and then you get like just completely just outskilled, like the Tavares one after you did everything right. It's it's hard to keep going at some point. Like that, those are those are both things that will absolutely drain you of momentum. And then I think that's what we started to see with the breakdowns on then the Lilgren goal. And then after that, you're just like, all right, I... You know what I mean? Like you just feel like 
no matter what I do, it's not going to matter in this one. We're just, we just don't have it tonight, whatever. That's when the, the bad thoughts start creeping in there. I would have liked to maybe see Grubauer get pulled after that Lilgren one, try to reset everybody in the first period. Uh, I know Grubauer then was huge to kill off that power play a little while later. Like he absolutely did that. He made some saves that he had no business making, you know what I mean? Um, but I still think that the team needed a shot in the arm at that point, And they, they didn't seem to get it from anywhere. Nobody stepped up and did that coaching staff wise or player wise, unfortunately. Uh, Ty Wu still got it. Dang. That's right. It, uh, all right. We can all just chalk this one up to Ty then being there, I guess. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that would be the easy way out. But the problem is, as we talked about it already, right? Too many of these same problems for this team. It's and it's not it's not that you're there, Ty. It's that they can't win faceoffs. It's that they can't clear the puck out of the zone. Right? I mean, how many of these goals also started off of turnovers in there in the defensive zone? Kraken have possession. They can't get it out. Like, gosh, oh, come on, Rich. What happened to the team that played against Boston the other night? They were not there for this one. Rich is the bottom line. Lindsay, this team sorely misses Burakovsky, winless with Froden in the lineup. Yeah, poor, poor Jesper Froden. Uh, not looking great for for his time in the lineup. I agree. Burakovsky would be would be really nice to have as they kind of struggle um, with consistent offense. Now I know that sounds a little weird because Burakovsky himself has struggled with being consistent offensively, but I do think that Burakovsky helps out in some of these situations. I think he helps out as a player who can make a good outlet pass out of the defensive zone, get the get the puck out of there. Um, Froden is a fantastic forechecker, but on nights like tonight where you're not really even trying to to forecheck, you're not trying to get a system going, you're not trying to to kind of have an offensive strategy at all. Froden. I mean, he's, you know, he is limited as far as what his skill level is, what his creativity is going to be in a way that Burakovsky would not be. Burakovsky could make more um, on the fly. And that's not like a criticism to Froden. It's just how good Burakovsky is in kind of those situations as a playmaker. So I agree. Burakovsky would have helped tonight for sure. This team has looked so much different since the All-Star game break. I blame Cabo and Hawaii from Kraken Hawk. Uh, I don't know that it's specifically the vacation's fault. I always think that's dangerous in sports when we start doing that. However, I will I will agree with you that the team like that break killed a lot of the momentum and juice that the Kraken had. It just did, and uh, they they really need to figure it out. They need to come together and and find a solution uh, because otherwise, yeah, you know, like I said, it's not totally panic time, but we're, you're getting close to panic time. Um. Super chat here from JMG. Appreciate it, JMG. The deficiencies have really been catching up with them. With the playoff team starting to up their game, the Kraken just can't keep up. Certainly not with the way that they're playing right now. Uh, it, they they absolutely can't keep up. Um, I know. I mean, it's 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 easy to point to the Boston game and be like, well, they cut they kept up with Boston there. But when you look at this Toronto game and you look at the Sharks game, right? The Sharks game is a game. 99 out of 100 times you're supposed to win that game and it didn't particularly look close at all <laughs> and that's that's a problem and the thing that worries me the most out of both tonight's game and that sharks game is that i felt like and at both times i've kind of mentioned this these feel like the two games in which the kraken haven't 
had that same effort level, that same never say die attitude that has really been their hallmark all season long. And we've seen them, you know, even when they lose games, they're right in it till the end, even if the score is not close, but they're pushing, they're trying, they're trying to make things happen. They're, they're letting the other team know, Hey, we, we are not just going to go quietly off into the night. It felt like the Kraken kind of were like, look, we're just, we're out of this one with this game tonight. And it felt the same way with that sharks game. And this is absolutely, as we're looking at, you know, a couple days away from the start of March, this is absolutely the worst time of year to start developing that attitude. It's absolutely the worst. We can, we, we just absolutely cannot do that. That is the way that you will kind of muck it up and waste that incredible start to the season that you had is if you start embracing that attitude or you let it start creeping in on you where you're not finishing games, you're not finishing periods. And unfortunately, twice in the last week, and we'll talk about this a lot on the deep dive tomorrow, uh, we've seen that for the from the Kraken for the first time. And it's 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 scary. That's the thing that to me is the most scary after, after of what we've been seeing. Um, about this game is giving me last season vibes. Definitely. I agree with you there. It did. And I, again, that's scary. It's scary. I don't like it. Uh, silver lining February is almost over so they can get back to winning in March. That's right. Lindsay. Thank you. Bringing back the positivity there. Uh, assuming everything continues for the crack and as far as their up and down monthly schedule goes, then yes, come, come Wednesday, everything's going to be fine again. And, uh, by the end of March, we'll, we'll be totally solid and playoffs won't be a problem and we can, we'll, we'll be feeling pretty good. Um, Stratic, everyone braced for the possibility of a four game. Everyone braced for the possibility of a four game losing streak. No, I still think, look, you're playing a very depleted blues team on Tuesday. It's our live game commentary. Those have been going fantastic. Again, patrons, you know, we're going to do the live game commentary on the last day of the month. Uh, it was just the, we were trying to find the latest game possible for everybody, you know, post work and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it, we ended up having to push it to the last day of the month. But that's going to be our our uh, live game commentary. If you're interested in joining us for those, we always have an amazing time calling those games. And this season in particular, pardon me, we've had a fantastic record through those games. I don't remember exactly what it is, but we've celebrated a lot of wins uh, coming off those, those live game commentaries. So if you're interested, Patreon link in the description below. Always have a ton of fun with that. And that's going to be on Tuesday. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not thinking four game losing streak. I still have faith in the Kraken uh, avoiding avoiding that. Would have to imagine any trade deadline activity for the Kraken happens in the next 24 hours. I would very much agree with that. If they're going to do something, that would be the time frame. I'm curious to see if after this one, maybe if Ron Francis was on the fence about doing something, maybe this is the kind of effort and performance that kind of pushes you one way or the other. Uh, that being said, really haven't been hearing that much. Um, really buying or selling wise. So we'll ask RJ when he hops on uh, his thoughts on it. We'll talk about it on the deep dive tomorrow, but uh, yes, I mean, it, it would have to happen soon here. Cause you'd want to write this ship. You want to get things going. You want to tell your team, Hey, look, we still believe in you front office wise. We still want to get things going. We, we, we believe in you guys being able to do that. But at the same time, saw the Meyer trade go down today, right? We just played against Ryan O'Reilly. Like a lot of those, a lot of the deals that were to be made have already been made around the league. So it'll be interesting to say, to see Rebecca, the Kraken played like that in front of the children. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, it was rough. 
rough rough performance on kids night definitely definitely uh definite rough performance for them never want to do that to uh to the future generations but uh you know what it'll 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 make them tough it's gonna toughen them up that's i guess that's the only thing we can hope for (laughs) uh becca with the super chat thank you so much becca really appreciate that too many 21 22 kraken in the barn tonight unlikely to happen again i sure hope so becca i really hope you're right i do think that you're you're most likely right i don't think that guys like yanni gord like maddie Beniers, like adam larson jordan eberly like the leadership group of this team is going to let that performance and let that um effort level really go unchecked i don't think dave haxtall and the coaching staff's gonna let it go unchecked so I, I agree with you i think you know look every so often it's an 82 game season you you know every team is going to have two three four five games where they just drop the ball right it just happens uh, it's just kind of unfortunate that we've had two of those in the last three games. <laughs> it's, it's, and that's what we just want to make sure that it doesn't become habit. It doesn't become routine that these are just, you know, you try to make them as isolated an incident as possible. Um, but uh, appreciate the support from both you and JMG today. Really do. Um, let me uh, scroll back up here. Where, where was I? Uh, this is yet another game lately that shows that we are not, not yet ready for the top tier this is fine i expected 500 so playoffs is above my expectations from greg i agree with you um you know i it got easy to kind of have playoffs become the new expectation just because of how solid the kraken played all the way up to the all-star game um and yes that's you know looking more in doubt now i still don't think it's totally in doubt but it's looking more in doubt and um but I agree, right? Like we just wanted to be better than last year. And we are so much better than last year. So much better than last year. To the point where we're all like sad and kind of like, oh, like this this stunk tonight, right? But this was what our last year's existence was every single night, right? And and this year it's 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 an outlier. And we're kind of treating it as outliers where it's like, like, oh, bummer. Like that was just a bad game. And um that was not a luxury we had last year because every game was that way. And so it shows how much better this team has been that when we have games like this, it, it stands out and it feels so, so much worse because it's not the usual and it's not what we've come to expect from them. And so I do think that that's one of the healthier th- ways of thinking about nights like tonight and games like this is that, well, look, look how infrequently they're happening now for us when this used to be our normal. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Beck and Gregory pointing out LA lost. That's true. That's a big, that's a big one for the Kraken. You know, if the Kraken are going to struggle, as long as those other teams that they're fighting for, for playoff spots with are also struggling, then things are, things are all right. You look at an Edmonton four, two and four. Yeah. They're, they're losing in overtime. So they're still picking up points, but it's still not a fantastic record that they're dealing with Calgary. The team that, you know, would be the one to push Seattle out of a playoff spot three, four and three. You know what I mean? Like they're they're not playing great either. So in that sense, it's that's helping out the Kraken a lot right now, and it's making things look a lot better. Is that the teams around the Kraken are also kind of struggling right now? Yeah, the Kraken are maybe struggling a tad bit more, but it's it's not looking like you know it's total panic time just because uh, it's not like they're you know fantastic or anything. Uh, Rebecca, congrats to Gio for hitting that block record in his return to Seattle, though after a terrible showing in the last Kraken matchup. Yeah, it was a good game for Gio. 
he didn't need to he didn't need to score like that just saying but it was it was, it was cool to see him back and uh it was cool to see him get that block record for sure uh patrick bad day this and i have covid well i'm really sorry to hear that patrick i wish you well hope hope you know symptoms are, are mild and and hope uh hope you have a speedy recovery there that that definitely sucks harley exactly dylan not the time of year for this nonsense what's with the contest full on crowding around groovy blinded second period bit of a wake up then jonesy yeah it they did a good job of getting people net front on Groove Hour. And then, like I said, somehow they were able to complete passes to whoever was net front. I mean, there was there was that one sequence with, uh, I believe it was the second period, and it, and it was against Jones at that point. But um, Willie Needlander just kept getting the puck and kept funneling it in to John Tavares, who was net front sandwiched between both crack and defenders. Tavares would get a shot off. Jones would kick out the rebound. Nylander was just always magically there to pick up the rebound. And it was rinse and repeat. And they did that three times in a row. And I'm just thinking, how on earth is Nylander completing these passes to John Tavares? Like, what is happening? He's completely smothered and covered. How are they making this work? And that's kind of what we saw on that on that um, John Tavares goal in the first period was... The Kraken defense was playing well. They had Yanni back there, center help. Like everything was as you would want it to be. And it's just, they just still found a way to do it. It was rough. Um, let's see, uh, Becca, last two periods were a draw, better than the first, but less than we needed. I agree. It was just the Kraken at that point. Like, again, you have power plays in there, not able to convert on those. Like th there was just some stuff that the Kraken could have done a little bit better. Um, and it would have made the, you know, maybe not doesn't change the end result, but it makes it look a little better on the score sheet anyway. Unnecessary zippers. Are the lines fine the way they are? It looked like the Gord Bjorkstrand Tolvanen line was getting a lot of ice time for whatever reason. They were one of the more consistent lines. And as we know, Dave Hackstall will roll with whatever line he feels like is playing the best. They get the ice time. And so I'm looking at the ice time leaders for the Kraken right now. It was actually the Wenberg line. Uh, with with Everly and Schwartz and Wenberg that got uh, the most ice time tonight and led the way for them, which I get. That's kind of your defensive line. Wenberg is kind of helping shut people down. I do think that, you know, for the most part, I know he had two goals, but the Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner line, I, I they, they did a good job of kind of dealing with them. If you look at those goals, one of those is is a rough one for, for the crack and the other one's just, you know, they just beat the defense with speed. And at that point, you're, it's late in the game. I believe that was the second Austin Matthews goal, that one in the third period where Dunn and Larson just kind of, it was a three on two against them. And for whatever reason, they just allowed all the all the Leafs passing to, to be fine. Um, but I, I, I felt like, you know, I don't know. It's tough. Like I said, it felt like there was a defensive effort from the Kraken all the way around. And it just didn't matter because the Leafs were just better. It's it's a rough It's a rough spot to be in. Joey asking if they played a video for Mark Giordano. They did play a video for Gio. It was after he scored the goal. They they played the video is, is what I saw on Twitter. We can ask RJ about it when he joins us. Edward Kraken playing like the Kraken team. Gio was accustomed to seeing at CPA. That's right. Uh, just when Gio's in, in Climate Pledge Arena, Kraken just lose all momentum, I guess. Is this the way it goes? Uh, Daniel given up at least four goals in the last three games. D needs some work, but we, but we won't have any practice time for quite a while. That's the thing that concerns me, Daniel, is that I don't know when you're supposed to address some of these issues. Granted, they're the same issues, right? Clearing, clearing out of the zone. Talked about this a lot last game. Uh, that's a problem. Got to, got to address that. Like I said, tonight, D for some of it anyway, looked pretty good actually. 
Uh, but the power play not scoring again, not being able to contribute anything at all for you is a big, big problem. Still, uh, it feels like there needs to be a lot of work done there. Uh, it's it's a tough one. And yeah, I mean, Mondays are days off and then you got the game on Tuesday. I mean, the schedule is pretty packed, actually, the rest of the week. So I don't I don't know how the Kraken are going to kind of handle that. Um, Borgie and Seuss did some good work tonight from Becca. I agree. Like at any given time, the D was solid and everything was fine. Um, but it just, it just didn't matter. Was <laughs> the bottom line. It just didn't matter. All right. We got, uh, I think we, I think we got RJ here ready to join us. Going to bring him in. How's it going RJ? That was not, not the best game. No, uh, not, not a good game at all. Um, yeah, it's, uh... Definitely didn't feel like as you know as fun of a of even as a loss of the last one. Um, just kind of yeah, rough all around. You know, good start very early for the Kraken, but the Leafs just brought it and brought it. You know, from that point on in the first period, and then Kraken put on a good push late, but uh, just couldn't get one past Samsonov. You know, it was tough, and and the attitude in the room. You know, I think the guys realized that they got to turn things around, and I mean, it, it was clearest talking to Vince Dunn, and let me tell you, he. He and Jared McCann are the two guys who just take a loss the toughest. And, you know, they're just like, again, you just see raw emotions, really good, honest answers from those two guys. We didn't get McCann tonight, but we got Vince Dunn. And he's just, you know, basically kind of trying to figure it out in his head with us, basically, working through it. And, you know, he said, like, um, someone mentioned, you know, the, the offensive push the team put on. He's like, yeah, well, I mean, we were good enough that way. Like that side of the ice, we were yeah. good enough. But, you know, not defensively. And he, he said it, it's unacceptable, you know, what we, you know, put Grew through, you know, Grubauer. Like, there's not a whole lot he could have done on those goals is what, you know, Dunn was saying. And just he, they need to be better defensively. And he was kind of really open and honest about that. Um, so, you know, that was kind of, again, after a loss, you're never sure what you're going to get. Usually, you know, be like a one-minute type presser type of thing. Right. But, uh, you know, Vince Dunn really, you know, putting it out there tonight. So respect to him for that. Um, and he said also, though, because he was asked, like, well, how far do you feel you are away from, like, when you're playing well, that peak game? And he said, not far. Like, there's just a few things we kind of need to tweak, but we're doing a lot of things well. Um, and that's kind of the frustrating part of it. Yeah. And I, I mean, there was even times tonight on this one where I thought the defense was on point and it just didn't matter. Like, like yeah. I've been talking about the Tavares goal, that second goal for the Leafs tonight. You have both defenders tying somebody up net front. You've even got Yanni Gord pretty much covering Tavares. Tavares gets open for half a second, and that's all that the Leafs needed. The bounce finds his blade, like right there with the open net. I mean, it, 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 yeah, it, you can do everything you want. It's not going to matter on, on a goal like that. Yeah, it, it's a tough one. What about from Hackstall? Because he was out of there so fast going down the tunnel, yeah. leaving the bench on this one. Uh, what, what, was, what was his kind of presser like? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, he, he didn't really lay into his team or anything like that. You know, he talked about he was kind of having to get back to the right habits and whatnot. Um, you know, he was asked about Grubauer. He said, you know, about pulling him. And, you know, was that kind of like a mercy pull or was it, you know, his performance? He said a little bit of both. You know, on that first one, it's no secret. He should have that, um, yeah. you know, but but otherwise, you know, you're just trying to kind of give the team a jolt. Um, yeah, I mean, I think overall he tried to preach a message of positivity. That, you know, basically not a lot of people had us, you know, in this spot, he was saying by at the start of the year, um, you know, so we're in this spot, you know, we got to embrace that and, and take that opportunity and, uh, you know, show why we belong to be here. 
Right, right. Uh, we just had a question a little while ago, just because you you know you mentioned that first goal um, from Joey asking if they had played a video for Mark Giordano. As I as I understood it, it happened after that goal. Yes, it did happen after his goal. So maybe a little bit more muted of a response than there would have otherwise been. Um, but yes, they they played a uh, a short little tribute video kind of in the um, at the first TV timeout, and I think it was kind of scheduled for that. Uh, you know, Geo gave a wave to the crowd and you know there was a cheer for him um so yeah nice, nice little thing for him but uh yeah it was after the goal and i mean hey good for geo two cases in his career his first game against a former team he scored goals in both of them uh you know one <laughs> one against the flames one against the kraken so you know he, he's on it for those games what's crazy is like that's that's tough to do just period much less as a defenseman yes exactly as a defenseman like it just defensemen don't score it's hard to get a goal just a clean look um and yeah i mean you know he's he's had a heck of a career just broke the all-time shots blocked record yep. you know you just you got to respect him class all the way absolutely uh this is a this is an interesting one just because we were talking about like you know do, do we think ron francis is going to maybe make a change now after a game like this after the week the kraken have just had uh got eric asking do you think kevin leblanc is a good realistic option uh, I, I will say I watched a lot of Kevin LeBanc play in his early yep. years with the Sharks. Haven't seen him as much recently. He had a big injury and then has kind of come back this season. I don't think he's what the Kraken need right now. Uh, and he's someone that, again, with the other pieces they have, he's going to frustrate you. He's a distributor. You know, he's, he's someone who's going to, you know, pass up shots occasionally to try and get the puck to other people. Uh, you know, that's his game. He's solid defensively. Like, actually, he's gotten a lot better defensively, so, you know, uh, from the start of his career to now. But, I mean, he's basically, you know, Alex, closest comp I could think, you know, the Kraken fans will know, Alex Wenberg, but a winger. And I don't think that's what most Kraken fans want them to add if they do add something. So I'm going to say no. I, I don't think it'd be the best addition. All right. Good, good opinion there. Uh, I'm going to ask you this question, RJ. I don't know if you know, but do you know what the Kraken's face-off win percentage was tonight? I don't know offhand. I can't imagine it was good. I'm, I'm going to guess. I'm going to, huh? 29%. Oh, I was going to guess 38 and, and think that was might have been low because, yeah, that's, that was really bad. Yeah, it's really, really bad. Uh, I think that that is something that is absolutely killing them right now is not having somebody who can consistently win faceoffs. And then the power play, like, do something. <laughs> do something. I know. I mean, the, I, the, the power play, I thought, looked good for long stretches, too. It just they got a lot of chance, especially in the second period, you know, on some of theirs. But, um, but, um, yeah, so they got a lot of chances uh, on some of those power plays. Sorry, stuff got on behind me. Um, but, uh, yeah, just couldn't put one home, and it, it was just frustrating. What did you think? I, I thought that there was moments where it looked good, and then other times where it was still just, like, get it to Tolvanen for a one-timer, get it to Dunn for a one-timer, get it to Madden yeah. for a one-timer. And it's just like, you know, goalie just knows what's happening before it even happens. Like, you just can't score that way. Uh, Krakenock, every team has a turning point in the season that defines them. That point for the Kraken is now. It's time to bring it home so we can watch Kraken games in the summer. Let's get Kraken. Like that messaging there from Kraken Hawk on this one. Lots of talk about everything going on, RJ. Where are you as far as our kind of ECH patented panic button meter? Uh, is the glass <laughs> off? Is the hand over the button? Are you touching the button? Pressing the button? 
the the glass is off and and the hand is kind of just waving over the button. Um, and I, this is a situation we've been in before this season, though. You know, where they hit that three games on a three game losing streak and they turn it around every single time. Um, so. One thing I, I thought about after this game, and I even asked Jordan Everly about it, but it just feels like right now there's a lot of parallels to the end of December, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Coming off a three-game losing streak, it things like, feels like things might really be slipping for this team, and it certainly felt that way at the end of December. They're about to go on the road, about to play every other day plus for at least two weeks, just like the end of December. And so I, I asked Jordan Everly, is there something maybe about that getting into that rhythm and, and being in the same spot that can kind of be that antidote to turning things around like it was, where they rattled off a, you know, seven, eight wins, um, you know, to get everything going again, you know, at the start of uh, January. Um, and he said, yeah, there's, you know, getting in that rhythm is really important. And, you know, he, he kind of went back on this, look, we just need to find our game. We need to get our habits together. But I think, you know, he did acknowledge that, you know, having that rhythm of like playing every other day plus can be helpful for them. Yeah, I, I think it is. And as uh, Lindsay pointed out earlier in chat, calendar's changing too. We're going to get out of February. Only one more Man, game Lindsay's, left in February. Lindsay's uh, calendar month thing really held true, didn't it? It really, really did. It absolutely did. Definitely won't question it next time. Uh, John, we've quickly given away our cushion, but we're okay. Just need to get back to solid hockey soon. I agree with that. And for the record, RJ, I was in the same place. Hands over the button. Not touching the button yet, but hand is over the right. button. Right. I think we can uh, agree on it. Yeah. Edward, Sounders season opener tonight. All the Seattle sports mojo seems to be in Soto tonight. Uh, it's definitely possible. <laughs> after this Actually, night. you know what? The and, and this is something that a few people in the press box commented on. The attendance tonight was really good considering the Sounders thing. I we, A lot of people expected fewer than there were, and it was it – was, yeah, there were actually a good number of fans here. So, okay. I mean, a lot of Leafs fans in the building, of course, as you'd expect. But I was going to say um, that that helps a little. But there, yeah. there were a lot of go Leafs go chants that like got started. You know, most of them were drowned out, but uh, yeah, they were they were on it early. I think a minute in, they were they were already starting with the go Leafs go. Wow, they were really starting to get it going early on there. Um, just kind of talked about the power play. Uh, Bach, we're due for an eight-game winning streak if Kraken follow their weird patterns. Two losing streaks and a long winning streak. It's, it's the way it's been. I mean, we talked about it earlier, RJ, and I, I definitely promoted the live game commentary. But, you know, Stratic was asking the question, are people bracing for a, for the first fourth loss in a row? I, I, I'm not. I, I, I'm not. I think they could beat the Blues. I think so, too. I mean, the, the Blues are not playing well right now. They've just unloaded a lot of their better players, including Ryan O'Reilly, who I thought was great tonight. A lot of plays from him that I absolutely loved. I mean, just you, you see, again, the, the kind of things that as a deadline acquisition he can bring to any team. And this is why I was, you know, eager for the Kraken to maybe take a run at him, not knowing what the price was. Um, yeah, I thought he had a great game tonight. He did. That line is broken. Like I, like, I mean, we so already good. talked about the Chavarez goal. What are you supposed to do against that line? Like the Kraken played that line really, really well, and it didn't seem to matter. And the so little bad. things, like d defensively, the puck retrievals, the back checking, like all, all that little stuff that you saw from Ryan O'Reilly and, you know, in the cup runs in all those previous years, it's back. It's fully back and forth. Yeah. All right, that's the last thing I'll say on O'Reilly. Sorry. I, I, no, no, it's fine. Is, there, is that a fire alarm going off? Yes, you? it is. Sorry if you can hear that. It's it, not a fire alarm. It's some kind of alarm. Yeah. Okay. 
Just want, just want to make sure you don't need to be like evacuating the premises or anything. <laughs> no, no, we're all good. Everyone's pretty chill. At least the rocket's not taking off like in San Jose. <laughs> that is very true. Very, very true. Uh, although that rocket finally left with Timo Meyer earlier today. Yes, yeah, so yeah, just took Timo Meyer to New Jersey. I, yeah. It took a while because they had to load up all the different players on it <laughs> to send over there. That trade is so convoluted. Once It'll be a fun regular podcast next week. Yeah. Um, Elias, feels uh, feel like with the recent product on the ice, I'm leaning towards trying to deal Susie if the price is right. I don't see the team making a deep run where having depth would be helpful. So obviously there's going to be a lot of talk about the, the deadline and everything tomorrow on the deep dive from us, RJ. But as far as, you know, after this game and after this past week, the Kraken have had, where you've had, you know, you had the good game against Boston despite the loss, but then you had pretty rough games to, both tonight against the Leafs and then certainly last week against the Sharks. I mean, does that kind of change your stance on maybe what the Kraken should be doing? I mean, it doesn't change my stance because my stance was always if you get good enough value for Susie, you've got to do it. Um, so I was already in that camp. Uh, you know, you set your price, and, it, you know, I think it'd be around a first rounder. If you can get that or equivalent yeah. value, you do it. Um, and this just kind of solidifies it, I guess, if anything. Um, but I think, you know, Ron Francis has to make a decision. Does he want to try and, you know, bring in some reinforcements here or is he going to stand pat? I would think he's more inclined to do the latter, but, uh, you know, you really have to think about it because you kind of need to be playing playoff games this year. You can't afford to drop out. So I, I wonder how much his hand might be over the panic button. And if there is a corresponding move, even if it's just for a depth player. Right. Just because I don't want to get like too, too into it and everything, I'm going to leave this more as a teaser. But I have a really good, interesting potential trade for the Kraken to make with a very, very interesting trade package that they could potentially offer as return to to acquire a big name that uh, I want to discuss tomorrow on the deep dive for sure. So I'm, I'm, just I'm looking forward to this. Everybody. Uh, but if I brought it up, it would start such a long conversation. RJ, where RJ would be there till like ten o'clock after a four o'clock game. So hey, you got to leave them wanting more. This is good. Everyone's yeah. going to listen to this uh, deep dive. Uh, Lindsay, is this the first game ever where McCann hasn't scored against the Leafs? If memory serves, he has goals in all three other games in franchise history. Huh. I mean, I, I'm sure he played against the Leafs. You know, with the the Penguins. Um, it, that's well, a good. Yeah. yeah. That's a good question, well, though. I still back look at his game log against the Leafs. That's that is definitely. You gotta bring this stuff up before the game so I can look it up. I know. Uh, Sarah asking, did Geeky get his Rubik's cube? Yes, he did. He did solve it. The team actually put a video on, I think Instagram, but I don't remember seeing it on Twitter. So go check the team's Instagram. The video is there. He did solve it. There's actually a whole lot on that video that I didn't see because I had to leave to go uh, do the hack stall presser. I mean, Daniel Sprong joins in and tries to solve it. Like he's got a bunch of guys around him. So uh, definitely go check that out. Great stuff. Nice. Although uh, they, did, they did catch the, the nerd uh, comment, but they attributed it to Donato, which is not correct. Maybe he came back and said nerd again. I don't know. Everybody just called him a nerd then. Because uh, we all know who really did that. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Sarah also reminded everybody to like the stream. Appreciate it, Sarah. Daniel saying Froden hasn't added much. I talked a little bit about him earlier on, RJ. But was, what's been your thoughts on uh, Jesper Froden? I, I just haven't noticed him. Like He just disappears like nobody else. To me, I, I mean, and that's you know, maybe lack of bad things. I had, there's been no real glaring errors, but like, I just don't notice him at all. 
he just doesn't stand out to me. Yeah, it, it certainly in a game like this. The problem is he only stands out if you have like a, a solid forechecking system and strategy in place, which they had against Boston. So there was moments and times where he was really making like a difference in that Boston game where you know the Kraken were retrieving a puck because of the work he was doing tonight the kraken had none of that tonight the goal just seemed to be let's get two players net front and then leave one guy all by himself to try to do something like that seemed yeah. to be like their offensive strategy. do you know offhand about what his ice time was tonight uh yeah i have him up here froden thirteen thirty-two, which is i mean a decent amount that's more than donato that's a lot more than morgan geeky in this yeah one. I mean, I think the score probably played a role in that as well. But yeah, more than more than Tanev, like you, it was not little. But you look at it, and it's zeros all the way across the board, except for one takeaway. Yeah, I mean that <laughs> that fits with what I I noticed. Uh, just yeah, doesn't stand out to me. Definitely. Um, let's see, Daniel. If we lose to St. Louis, then I think we should hit the panic button. With all the moves that have been made so far, the Horvat trade looks like a bargain and maybe one the Kraken should have been in on. The trade itself was the bargain. It was always the extension on that one. Exactly. That that's the issue. I wasn't worried about the assets, was worried about that extension and you know, not for now, but you know, four or five years down the road. Yeah. Uh, that being said, he's still playing really well for the Islanders and my fantasy team. Uh, <laughs> any word on Drieger getting moved by Friday, Scott wants to know. Uh, no word on that. I, I can't imagine he'd be moved because, again, he was just on waivers. Yeah. Every other team had an opportunity to claim him for free. Nobody took that. So the Kraken logically would probably have to throw something in to get rid of the contract. And, and that's something I, I do not think Ron Francis wants to do at all. Yeah, and then Joey asking if there's you know any updates on Andre Burakovsky. Nope, still week to week, and uh, we asked that yesterday after practice because um, he was there in in street clothes, just hanging out with guys. Uh, but no updates on Burakovsky, although he was on the Twins today trying to draw the Kraken logo, so that was fun. How would he do? A pretty well, better than I could have done. That's for sure. Okay. All the players did better than I could have done. I hope the Kraken released that video somewhere. Because it was just on the Twins. I haven't seen it anywhere else. I tweeted three photos from it. Um, but it was cool seeing the players' attempts. I was going to say, I feel like the Kraken have the only two like like primary and secondary logos that I could draw. Yeah. It's an I S. Mean, well, one, one of the players did the, you know, the S you'd find on the school desks, you know, yeah. <laughs> back when. Uh, pretty much just did one of those. But the, the others all did it pretty well. Okay. Uh, DJ and Tay confirmed I'm flying out to go to my first Kraken game end of March. Hope we figured it out by then. Well, first off, super pumped for that. Like, that's awesome news. Really happy for you that you're going to be able to get out there, go to the Kraken game. Uh, I think we'll. I think this will be a very different situation come end of next month from, from where we're at now. Yeah, definitely. A, a lot can happen in a month, and with so many games, too. Uh, it'll look very different for sure. We'll, we'll be many more games in, and hopefully the Kraken will turn things around. Yeah, and not to mention that it will be at the end of next month, which is supposed to be a good month, as Lindsay's yeah. here taking the victory lap about the system. You guys doubted <laughs> my system for a minute when they won versus Detroit, but I definitely cracked the code of alternating good and bad months. You're right. We will never doubt you again, Lindsay. Yeah. This is this is your thing. You Just it. need to throw that out come April. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I like this, Striatic. The alarm is Ron hitting the panic button. What is Ron hitting the panic button? Oh, the, the alarm, alarm down there. Yeah, he's hit it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's it's not coming from his area of the of the press box, so I think we're good. Yeah, 
got uh, got Alan here. Can't win them all. My Oilers crushed Pittsburgh seven to two and then lost to Columbus. Trade deadline is going to be huge. It's already heating up around the league. See you March eighteenth. We'll see you then, Al. But yes, I, I read that because it is true. Like like we beat Toronto and Boston and and kind of embarrassed them at home. And, you know, didn't quite – maybe we got a little embarrassed tonight. Didn't get embarrassed by Boston, even though they got some revenge on us. But it, it's it's the way things go in this league. Yeah. I mean, anything beat any other team. Stuff tends to even out. Um, that's just how it goes. Yeah. Did I miss something, Scott, saying looking forward to the Detlef Shrimp statue at Climate Pledge? Is, is looking the, forward to the what? The Detlef Shrimp statue. Is that announced or is this just wishful thinking on Scott's part? It might just be wishful thinking. I have not heard about a Detlef Shrimp statue uh, outside Climate Pledge. I mean, he's he's been here for Kraken games. It's yeah. great. I mean, I you know I'd welcome it. That'd be that'd be fun. But uh, yeah, no, I have not heard anything about that. Cannot confirm. Okay. I just I want to make sure because I hadn't heard anything, but I was like, well, maybe. Um, light on the upside. Wright did pretty good in his return to the OHL. Yes, in this two games back, he's been fantastic. Game today, I mean, just go on like Twitter and check out some of the highlights from Shane Wright today. Unbelievable. Making some stellar passes with some like round the world uh, offensive zone work that he did. Incredible tip in goal where he had to totally contort his body to get to a puck that was not past the best, but he was able to still tip it in regardless. Like Shane Wright is looking fantastic right now for Windsor. So happy he's back. Glad to hear that. Uh, Steven I mean, he's asked, just back playing at all. He's been hurt. I mean, yeah, it's, I it's good to see him healthy. This is one of the things that I, I, w- I had wanted to talk about last week on Deep Dive. I don't know that we'll have time for it tomorrow uh, with my giant trade idea. But it was the idea of, like, has Shane Wright played enough hockey this season to be ready for next year for the NHL just because he's been shipped around all over the place and he's been hurt? Like, it's you know, it is a question that I think can be asked i don't i think the answer is still like yes he's played enough but yeah uh, it was if we needed content uh, why is froden being dressed over sprong steven's asking um so daniel sprong has you know kind of struggled in his last few games that he has played particularly defensively i think haxtell you know is looking for something a little bit different from his bottom six too he's mentioned they have a job to do don't need them scoring just need them to play solid defensive hockey and um yeah i think Daniel Sprong being out of the lineup, you know, maybe a little bit part of that. Um, and I know that one thing Haxtell has gone with is he's put Tanev back down on the fourth line instead of kind of having him up on the Wenberg line. And I think he likes what that does for the fourth line. I mean, who wouldn't? You're adding Brandon Tanev to it. Um, but as a result, that creates a place on the Wenberg line that really Sprong might not be the best fit for, at least in Haxtell's eyes. And so he's been kind of testing different things out there. And Jesper Froden is, is kind of the proposed solution at the moment. Um, and I think Haxtell certainly didn't mind, you know, what how Froden's game was uh, last game against Boston. I think he thought that he was fine. Um, so gave him another shot tonight. Yeah, I, I did too. I just think bottom line, that spot needs to be Burakovsky. And yeah, think, it really you know, does. It just does. Just and also, yeah, and, and Ron Francis adding in the his interview on, I think it was like the pregame show tonight uh, on route that, uh, you know, hopefully he'll be back in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that would be, that would be nice. Um, Got just a couple comments here left. So, so you know, if anybody's got any other questions, if I had to skip something earlier on, go ahead and throw it back in there right now. Um, Alan, I'll be attending the back-to-back on Thursday and Friday. Last time I saw a Kraken game, it was in Chicago, and it was the 2 nothing shutout. Fingers crossed. We already had Ty in here, unfortunately, in the building for this one again. 
Oh man, keeping the nickname alive and well, unfortunately. But yeah, ho hope hoping for for different results. Yeah, definitely. I, I didn't know time was. I, I should have known actually. He did tweet about it. Yeah, didn't put two and two together, but yeah, that's yep. <laughs> what it is. Uh, Light, I do feel it's worth remembering that after we lost to the Canes, the fan base talked like the season was over. At the end of the day, the team got better from last year. Next year looks even brighter. It's true. I mean, we are still very much in the ascent part of like building this team. Uh, it is year two of, of Ron Francis's three to five year plan, right? And so it, it's tough to kind of totally judge them and uh, on what's going on right now. And it's worth remembering, too, that this is not the first time this season that the sky has appeared to be falling. Um, you know, we got to transport ourselves back to the end of December, back to, you know, middle end of October. You know, two after weeks ago. ago. Yeah, I know. Back to two weeks ago. Uh, you know, it's it's easy to forget that when, you know, you're kind of following everything in the moment. That's part of the fun of the of the season. But, you know, yeah. it's got its ups and downs. And, uh, yeah, it's in a down moment right now. But uh, Kraken have responded every single time. Yeah. All right. I keep trying to deal with this cord. Uh, <laughs> you're very welcome, Stephen. Thanks for the, the kind words there. Uh, Striatic, I feel like Hack's concept of what the fourth line is supposed to do is perhaps at odds with how the Kraken actually beat teams. It is an interesting concept. It's something we can talk about maybe more a little bit tomorrow. I'll let you go ahead there. Oh, well, no, I was I was just saying, yeah, it'd be a good conversation, you know, for tomorrow and everything. I, I think there might be something to that. I'll, I'll just leave it at that for now. I think there might be something to that. Um, and yeah, it is interesting. I did ask him yesterday if there's kind of a shift. I mean, I think I used the, the saying about the playoffs, that there's the players that get you there and the players that get you through. And I asked Haxtell yesterday is if there's kind of a shift in mentality from the former to the latter as you get to this time of year. And you know, he kind of downplayed as far as, you know, I, I thought maybe, you know, maybe I, if I get lucky, insinuate yeah. the whole like Froden for Sprong thing, definitely downplayed that. But he's like, there's not a whole lot of shift. It's just, you know, knowing that mentality of having to play defensively solid hockey and knowing what it is this time of year and that anyone can play that way. You just have to do it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's something that I've thought about, like if Hack still kind of use it that way. Right. I mean, we talked about that uh, last week on the deep dive was I felt like because of those comments that he'd been making, that was the decision he was kind of, you know, gearing towards was he was looking ahead towards the playoffs a little bit in the sense of, look, if, if when we're there, we're going to need to play this certain way. And um, right now we're not. And so let's try to get used to playing in that way and, and we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's never going to, he's never going to give us that golden quote. He's too, no. he's too smart. Unfortunately <laughs> for us. <laughs> Uh, I know. Uh, Al, Montreal fans seem a little less confident about Slavkovsky. Shane Wright will be a Nugent Hopkins type for years to come for Seattle. I would absolutely take that. Nugent Hopkins. Oh, I'd take that all day. Yeah, I, I would love if, if Shane Wright could do that. And you know what? Right now, he's looking like he absolutely could. Definitely yeah. take it. Nugent Hopkins, another guy helping out my fantasy team. Just because I feel compelled every time now to say it. Devils join in here. Hello, boys. All caps. Yeah, you got to be feeling pretty good today, Devils join, I would assume. Uh, Alan, good point. Wasn't the whole big thing about this season that all four lines were rolling? So what would Hackstall's idea of what the fourth line should do then? Seems like we did uh, what we did was working early on. Uh, I think he was looking towards like the idea of what a playoff hockey hockey is supposed to be. Um, I think we talked about this on the deep dive. Maybe I just talked about it on one of the post game lives, but the idea of having lines out there that can 
essentially kill time. Let your let your top six rest. You're not going to let the other team do anything. You can be physical against their defenders because in a playoff series, you're playing that same team, you know, multiple times over the course of a week. So any sort of like damage or wear and tear or fatigue you can set in on that other team will start to accumulate. And then all of a sudden you can start maybe flipping the script later on in a series if you're dealing with, you know, playing up or something like that. Um, and so I feel like he wants a fourth line that can go out there that can punish physically and wear guys out wear out forwards by having them skate the 200 foot game and give the top six time to rest and recover also in that playoff my you know atmosphere and i feel like that's what hackstall is kind of wanting the fourth line to do and that's why we're seeing those lineup decisions that he's making yeah no i agree with that and especially looking at how the fourth line looks now that that seems like what it is yeah, uh, Daniel Daniel here bringing up a good point and one that I had also thought, which was they would put up a Sean Kemp or Gary Payton statue before a Detlef one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's good stuff. All right. Um, any, any final <laughs> thoughts you want to have here, RJ, after this one? I mean, I guess, uh, I mean, I already kind of got into just how it feels like the end of December again, but yeah. I, I really do think being on the road, being in that rhythm, uh, all of that can be what the Kraken need. I mean, heck, you could even call it the Mario Kart effect if you want. You know, being back on the road, being focused, playing the video games with the boys. Like, I, I think that'll do work wonders for the Kraken and just playing every other day plus. Um, if that's not going to get them into rhythm, I don't know what will. But I, I'm confident that that'll help. Yep, and doing it this time without all the dads and mentors around to distract them and getting them to bed early and all that gross stuff. <laughs> uh, I agree with that. Um, yeah, it's it's just one of those. Got to got to start looking ahead to the next one. Uh, like I've been talking about all along. Deep dive tomorrow, everybody. It should be a good one. It'll be our last one before the trade deadline. So we're definitely going to talk about how the Kraken should, you know, potentially be acting now in in light of this past week. Uh, if if we've changed our minds on anything and or what they should do, like I said, RDT's in a big trade idea. I have. Um, we've got that live game commentary, like I mentioned, for that uh, Tuesday game against St. Louis. If you're interested in joining us for that, we always have a fantastic time. Got a pretty decent record on it this far so far this year as well. Um, you can check that out with the Patreon link in the description below. It's patreon.com slash Emerald City Hockey. Also gets you tons of access to all sorts of other stuff, bonus podcasts, live streams from the two of us. Uh, it's all fantastic stuff. And then we also yesterday recorded the latest Release the Fans episode, and that's going to be coming out uh, in the next couple of days as well. Not sure the exact time. We're still trying to, you know, lots of stuff been going on here as we've been posting like Patreon things every single day. Still trying to finalize all that kind of stuff. But it's recorded. It's a lot of fun with uh with alex if you're on the discord at all you've run into alex and it, we had a fun time talking with him so uh lots of lots of great stuff to look forward to as well as all those cracking games got tuesday got thursday got friday got sunday next sunday a lot of cracking hockey coming up hopefully it's all good stuff i think it will be and uh thanks for joining us so much everybody one more shout out to queen Anne beer hall our fantastic sponsor yeah. we'll see you all next time